We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in Packer fans to another episode of Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Matt Fralick. Alongside me, back in action is Janelle Mackey. Janelle, this is probably the first podcast we've ever had where we talked about almost nothing related to the Packers before getting into it. We had to discuss, obviously, that pandemic that is coronavirus and how it's affecting our lives. So, yeah, uh, you're working tomorrow a little bit, and that's about it, huh? Yep, uh, I work in a school, so it'll be work with no kids, so won't won't really feel like work, but it'll be really interesting just kind of seeing how at least my work is going to change throughout the next few weeks, maybe longer, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. usually we kind of pregame our podcast with what we want to talk about, and this was the most like political talk we've had, just like talking about the world, and yeah, kind of crazy, just kind of what's going on. But no matter what goes on out in the world out there, we always find time for pack a day. So, for sure, for sure, and like, there's no better time right now to be catching up on podcast episodes. I know I'm working from uh, home tomorrow, and probably for the foreseeable at least a week. Uh, but yeah, there's episodes of our podcast I'll be diving into, other podcasts I listen to. So it's just that good. I mean, you have to be absorbing other content at this point, and you have you don't have kids tomorrow. You could listen to old pack a day podcast episodes as well. Exactly. I so, mean, we all need our so, sports yeah. right now, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm itching. But so, anyways, uh, Dan yesterday, uh, our other partner in crime here, uh, was able to break down the 
free agent signings, which, you know, was like a bonus episode. So Christian Kirksey obviously signed linebacker from the Browns uh, for two years, $16 million. And uh, Ricky Wagner, outside tackle from the Lions. Uh, I've kind of been a fan of him. Whenever the Packers had played the Lions, he seems like a real physical guy, kind of will fit that mold of that offensive line. Uh, and he signed also for a two-year deal for only $11 million. So sure enough, uh, that inside linebacker spot and that right tackle spot, it kind of paints a picture, Janelle, of what's going to happen with uh, Blake Martinez and B- Brian Bulaga. More than likely, they're going to be gone. But um, I, where, I guess where do you stand right now on the, the two signings? And are you going to be, you know, do you think we'll be a year from now, nine months from now, be kicking ourselves that we let either of those guys go? Or where do you kind of sit right now with the new acquisitions? Um, I mean, I guess for the past few years, I've kind of had this grudge, an unnecessary grudge towards Brian Balaga. I don't really know where it stems from. I just know that when I think of him, I think about how frustrated I was not this last season per se, but I think it was two seasons ago where he just looked mm-hmm. like a saloon door. And I was like, is it because he's older? Is it because of injuries? Like, is he just not as strong anymore? Last year was better, but like I said, like those injuries, the age, it's kind of like if they were to keep him, they'd be bringing Wagner in probably to replace him knowing that he's going to get hurt. That's kind of why I say he's either going to be gone or they're preparing Wagner to step in there because Balaga – I don't know if he played, like, when his last full season was, but it just seems like there's always something wrong with him, whether it's shoulder, arm, but I don't know. I see Wagner as kind of a we're ready in case something happens. I don't know per se, because it sounds like going into this year, like, they were very set on Balaga. So it, it just there's so much up in the air with it, wondering, like, Will Wagner kind of come in as the backup? Kind of like it seems like they're preparing this line, like with the Billy Turner signing last year and kind of getting this younger line. So I don't know if we'll get rid of Balaga right away or if we're going to try and transition Wagner so that when Balaga's gone, then he can jump in easier. But Yeah, I could see that with like using him as like the, the Valdir spot, like having – but I think he's I think he's a starting tackle. Like I really do. Like, And I think Balaga – We'll we'll talk about these numbers a little bit more in depth, but like before free agency started, like I think it seemed like Bulaga was. Cl- I mean, what I thought I saw a few times and looking on Spot Rack and other you know contract analytical sites, like I thought he was going to make anywhere from like eight to ten million a year. It kind of seemed that way, mm-hmm. especially just like you said, like he had a good year last year. Two years ago, I'm in the same boat with you. Like I was not confident that he was going to be, you know, starting in 2019. I think the Billy Turner signing especially was like, oh, he's going to compete for, like, Bulaga's job. So that was a little concerning. And now it's to the point where it's like, dang, like, he actually did have a pretty good year. He didn't miss any time via injury this year. It was just he uh, was he actually was active on the roster when that, like, sickness, not coronavirus, (laughs) was going through the locker room. And he was on the 53, and then they scratched him. um, Or, like, not scratched him, but he didn't play. Like, they just had Valdir play, and he played well. So that was really the only time. But, yeah, it's like he had such a promising year that you'd like to see him stay around. But I get it. Like, they're trying to get a little younger. I think Rick Wagner Wagner is, like, like, cheaper, like I said. I think he's a better – overall tackle I think he's a little bit more durable I I I like it I'm a fan of him 
As far as the Christian Kirksey, like you mentioned this right away, Janelle, this is the one thing we actually talked about before the podcast that was Packer-related, just Kirksey's injury history. Like, is that going to be a kind of a concern? He did come off a big pectoral injury, I believe, last year or two years ago. Like, how how are we feeling about the, the Kirksey subbing out for Martinez? Yeah, I think, what was it, 2018 it was hamstring, 2019 he had pectoral surgery. So it's kind of like you just look at health-wise, and Martinez is always healthy, it seems like. He's always there. He's always ready. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like that nervousness, like, okay, well, we have this guy here who has shown that he's at least reliable to be in the game. But at the same time, it's like, would we rather risk this guy who has so much potential for a guy who – like, yeah, he's in the game, but is his head really in the game? Like, what's he really contributing right. even though he's starting 16 games a year? So mm-hmm. hopefully this is just, like, a little bug, a little fluke that Kirksey's been kind of dealing with. And, I mean, you look at his stats before those injuries, and it's like he's got solid numbers. I mean, almost numbers. like Martinez. So it's like – and, like, you were kind of seeing pattern, like, okay, he his rookie year, second year – yeah, kind of just average numbers, and then he was really starting mm-hmm. to pick it up. And then, of course, that injury bug kind of got to him. So it's like, it's kind of risky, but like you said, like what we're paying for him, it's not like we're putting all our money on a guy who is injury prone, which is really exactly. good. And this is kind exactly. of, I feel like every podcast we talk either wide receivers or inside linebackers. So here yeah. we are again talking about an inside linebacker, and it's like Martinez will probably get other offers more money than mm-hmm. what Pack is exactly. going to pay him. So even if the potential to keep him, even if we thought Blake Martinez was a solid linebacker, which I mean, over the year, like I've had a soft spot for Blake Martinez and I always want him mm-hmm. to do better, but I think it's everybody kind of knows he knows we know like last year was his last year in this color and it's time to just start bringing other guys in. So It'll, I don't know, it's, I'll miss Martinez, but. Yeah, it sucks when there's guys that have been on the team for a while that have just been (laughs) solid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, it sucks because it's like a new era, but I get it. Like, you have to clean house and, yeah, I mean, maybe it's an injury bug. Um, I don't have this data in front of me, but normally when, like, a player gets injured quite a bit, I'll, um, I'll try to go back and look at, like, high school or college to see if that's actually just, like, if that's in their pedigree. Like, if they've had multiple big injuries, but if it's a few Game, I mean, a few seasons, big injuries in his, you know, his professional career. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, and they're different uh, injuries too. It doesn't right seem like exactly. Injuring. It's like hamstring and pressure, sure. completely different parts of the and body. You, so yeah. it's just kind of. You mentioned you mentioned this year or in the 2020 season that Kirksey's uh, deal will be. It's like guaranteed, like four million only. Correct. I think so. Yeah, it's a really like yeah. it's worth 13 mil about, but he's only guaranteed mm-hmm. four. So, four. and then yeah, if they like cut him after the season, right? If they cut him after the season, out of that two year, sixteen million, there's only two million dollars to be dead cap going into the following year. So really, I mean, it's it's a fan, it's a it's a team friendly deal. Same with Ricky Wagner. Like if they cut him after this season going into 2021, it's only 1.75 million they're losing. So collectively, it's not too bad. And just to put in perspective. I cannot pronounce this guy's name, um, but the offensive tackle that signed to the Lions, uh, Vate, he's a Hawaiian gentleman from the <laughs> Eagles. He signed a five-year, $50 million deal. So, like, just wow. kind of put that in perspective of where – and he wasn't really that good. Like, he subbed in for Jason Peters a little bit last year on the Eagles or multiple years when Jason Peters injured. But 
it just kind of shows like the Packers once again just hit getting value. Um, I like these two guys, real physical dudes. I think they're going to add um, some toughness to you know that interior of the defense and then also on the offensive line, which I feel like they've lacked a little bit, especially on the right side. So I'm, I'm excited, um, but obviously, you know, Dan wasn't able to talk about this one, Janelle, so I'm going to kick this one off to you. Uh, Jimmy Graham signed today. Uh, Chicago Bears, two years, $16 million, $9 million guaranteed. Uh, not as friendly of a deal as maybe the Christian Kirksey or the Ricky Wagner, but Jimmy Graham kind of knew he was going to leave, it, but it, isn't it just better that he signs with the Bears? Like, isn't that hilarious? It's like... Like, kind of how when the Vikings pick up who we cut and you just kind of laugh. Yeah, they did that for like years. They're kind of, like, picking up the trash on the side of the curb. Not comparing Jimmy Graham to mm-hmm. trash, but it's just kind of like mm-hmm. the, like, digging through the garbage, like, seeing what they can find in their neighbor's dumpster. And it's, mm-hmm. it is interesting. And it's just kind of like, you look at Jimmy Graham's numbers over the years, like, obviously, he'll never be better than he was in New Orleans. Like, it's just no. not, not where he's going. but. Team by team, like, his numbers just get worse. Like, declined mm-hmm. with Seattle, even more declined with Green Bay. And it's like, at this point, Bears don't even know who is going to be throwing Jimmy Graham the ball. There's Seriously, like yeah, ru- rumors of Teddy Bridgewater. Like, it could be Bridgewater, it could be Foles, it could be Dalton, it could be Trubisky. Like, who knows right now? So it's kind of like, you're put, you're paying a lot of money for a guy that you don't even have a guy throwing him the ball yet. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And, like, his numbers are only going to get worse. You would think he's always played with good quarterbacks, and his numbers have decreased, you know, over the years, even yeah, with great quality had, quarterbacks. He had Breeze, he had Wilson, and he had Rodgers. And it's like those are yeah. three, like, Pretty solid. quarterbacks in the league. And then now he's going to go to a team who has obviously struggled with that. And I don't know. I It sucks because – I really rooted for Jimmy Graham with this team. Like, I really wanted him. You know, you took the soft spot for all three guys we've talked about. I, I love know, it. except Balaga. Like, no offense to okay. Balaga. All right, all right, all right. But, but it's just like, I, I don't know. I think it's because we signed him after Jordy got cut. So I was like, okay, I, this guy really, I really want him to do well, make it seem like it was worth it. So then. I think I just tie it to Jordy where it like breaks my heart knowing, okay, well, he was the big signing after he got cut and he really didn't do what he was supposed to. So then my, my Jordy mm-hmm. heart breaks a little bit thinking like, well, was it really worth it? And <laughs> I know everything goes back to Jordy in my world, but <laughs> somehow, somehow, like it, know, it definitely, but... there's, it just, it sucks back in. Um, but as we're recording, I want to just throw this information out. So there's two signings that happened while we're recording. One was right beforehand. So uh, as breaking news that it'll get on a podcast we record the night before, uh, Raiders reach agreement with Marcus Mariota. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, John Gruden gets his, uh, maybe his dynamic quarterback that he wanted uh, down to Vegas. And then the other one that was kind of right before we started recording, Janelle, was George Fant, the offensive tackle from the Seahawks, actually um, – reached a deal with the Jets. So to put that in perspective as well, George Fant, not that great. Um, they, he was like kind of sometimes like the sixth offensive lineman. The Seahawks would sub in. They'd put him eligible once in a while, kind of like a maybe could be a tight end situation. But he's getting three or $30 million with $13.7 million guaranteed. So, again, the Packers are getting good value. Like that's really what it's coming down to the yeah, last two off seasons. Right <laughs> I love it. And it's early. Like, that's the difference between last year and this year. Like, 
Last year they kind of slow played Zadarius and Preston and Adrian Amos. Yeah. Like, and this no, year they were they were ready. Like there had to be some tampering going on. There had to be. There's no doubt. Well, I mean, like the sports world's basically suspended, so everybody's nothing better to do. Too excited yeah. to push it off anymore. Yeah, it's like today was just such a hectic day, and just kind of watching oh, yeah. everything that's happening between who's getting released and like who's getting signed by who. Uh, okay. Like, the Hopkins-Johnson trade, like, that's still just... Unbelievable. In the back of the mind, like, I could understand if it was Johnson maybe three years ago and Hopkins yeah. today, but Johnson, who has been kind of meh, injured, whatever, not putting mm-hmm. up the numbers for Hopkins, like, in his prime right now, who's arguably, like, the top receiver in the league, it's just sure. mind-boggling. It's kind of just, like, what is going on right now, but... Yeah, it'll well, be the crazy super- part is too. The crazy part is too. Like Houston doesn't have a GM right now. Like Bill O'Brien's like, "Yep, we're gonna handle things internally in the coaching staff." Like you said that like a month and a half ago, and I, I don't understand how it's like. Okay, you got through one off season, like you got through one season, it kind of worked. Like you stockpiled some picks or traded away guys. Like you kind of made some moves on your own, Bill. But at this point, like hire. Hire a GM. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you said, Hopkins Hopkins is my favorite receiver in the league, hands down. Like, I, he's fantastic. And you're going to put him in an offense now with Cliff Kingsbury, Larry Fitzgerald, yeah, Tyler Murray, Kenyon Drake. Like, that's – they got some – they got some offense, and like I, I like you said, like David Johnson three years ago, this seems this seems fair. Like Madden would accept this trade, and like now, like there's no way. Like, it, yeah, and Johnson I, I with can't a, his wrist the, injury and his numbers. I can't remember the picks that they got with it. It was it was a second rounder, second rounder and a fourth rounder with David Johnson, and then Hopkins was paired with a fifth, I think. Still so, not like no, the second rounder is like the thirty seventh overall, so maybe they're going to go for a receiver there to replace Hopkins, and they do have Will Fuller and a couple guys, but. I mean, they're, you want to talk, like, they got rid of Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins in the matter less than 12 months. Yeah, it's, I don't know what they're trying to do, but. No, it doesn't make like, sense. So, as far as the, Watt, yeah. like, J.J. Watt, maybe next year we will be somewhere else. I don't know. But, Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and as far as, like, remaining cap for the Packers, let's just get into that a little bit, like. Tight end-wise, they still probably need a tight end unless, you know, on the roster right now it's Sternberger, Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, James Looney, who they transitioned obviously last year. I, I don't know if I'm missing another name, but maybe Sternberger's the fit. Maybe I still feel like they go get someone. Austin Hooper did sign today with the Browns. They're kind of relieved from out of the mix. Like, were you rooting for Hooper or were you against Hooper with the Packers signing? Kind of. I was, I was here nor there, like – I didn't – I could have done without him. Like, and that the reason being is, like, he never really had that great of numbers. The – I mean, it's a very, very small sample size when um, Hooper, I think, was a rookie. And – see, this is such a stretch that I connect with these dots. <laughs> I, feel like a, I feel like a nerd. So, Hooper was a rookie on Atlanta, and Matt LaFleur was, like, the quarterback coach with the offensive coordinator at the time. So, like, I know they have some continuity there, and they've worked together, but I don't know, whatever. And, like, just going off of – LaFleur's numbers in a larger perspective it's like most of the tight ends in his offense don't perform that well I'm, I, I feel like this will actually transition me Delaney Walker actually had really good numbers when he was with the Titans and LaFleur was there so that might be someone they're considering I would love that I think Delaney Walker fits the offense a little bit better 
uh, where they're trying to move him around a little bit in that like that fullback halfback situation and get him split out. So I wouldn't hate Delaney Walker. I just don't feel like the tight end free agency class was super great. So it's like Austin Hooper just flies to the top of the list and he had a really good year last year. So there's like combinations that way. But if they do want to go sign a tight end or another receiver or get a receiver, I should say. um, So spot rec has it right now saying that they have $18.6 million in cap left for 2020. Now, mind you, they still have to sign the draft picks. Uh, They have 10 of them right now. And, Again, going off a spot rack, love them. Those 10 picks have uh, more than likely on average, it'll allocate $7.6 million for those 10 picks. So little math here on Pack-A-Day Podcast, 18.6 they have left, minus the 7.6 that they're probably going to have to spend. You have $11 million left over. And that would probably get you into the range of maybe signing two guys um, or one you know monster of a guy. Uh, 11 million would be quite a bit of money, and I, I think they want to have maybe some wiggle room there. Um, I would doubt that they draft all 10 positions. I think normally this is what Gutekunst is trying to do: is just stockpile picks, get into that eight, nine, ten double-digit number, and then try to consolidate them and use that equity to, to move around in the draft and have some, you know, working pieces. But I. I mean, $11 million, you know, that that's some money to work with. Do you think there's a, a player out there or a position out there you want to see them go after? Obviously, we know, like I said, I'll look at my phone here as you answer this question and see if there's anyone else that's flying off the board on the Twitter sphere. But is there anyone at a position or a name that you're uh, you're interested in maybe seeing use that money? Um, I mean, this isn't someone I'm interested in, but it's somebody I've heard rumors about and some people want them, like uh, Diggs. From the Vikings. Sure, like, Stefan Diggs. Okay, okay. It around. I know some people are really in on it, and, like, obviously he put out that really vague tweet today that whatever. He's so cryptic on social media. Yeah, I hate it, and I hate that people follow it. It could mean anything. Drives me nuts. Like, that he's just changing his number this year. Who knows? Yeah. But that could – there know, you go. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I know some people, they're like, I would love to see it, and it's like – I really am not a fan of Diggs, not just because he wears purple, but because of his attitude. But yeah. when I think about, like, oh, yeah. him and Adams have a relationship, too. So mm-hmm. it's like, you kind of put that in the mix, and it's like, how maybe his ego would change, maybe it'd be different. I don't know. Based on what I know about him right now, it's like, if he were an option, I would not want to take him. But you kind of just factor in those things, like, okay, well, him and Adams have this really good connection, like... He, he's a great athlete, but his ego, like, I'm a big ego person, like, I don't like guys with big heads, so I don't care all the, you can have all the talent in the world, and I wouldn't want you playing for my team, because it's hard for me to root Mm -hmm. for you then, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's okay, like, ego-wise, like, that's, (laughs) that's kind of what it is in sports, but, like, when your ego isn't matching your productivity, it's a distraction, and then when that distraction bleeds over into you, you know, pissing and moaning about not getting the ball thrown to you or whatever else and it's not working like that's when it becomes a problem so like Odell Beckham when he was like going off and you know proposing to cheerleaders and getting in altercations <laughs> with kicking that like he was still like I was okay I was coming around to him and then like the kind of production fell off and it was just like and then he kind he of had like, some like, issues out in the public and exactly thank you I even yeah, forgot about was, the, like, there was just, time like, I too, like for a while I was like 
OBJ is really egotistical, and I was like, but he's super good, so I get it. Yeah. And then there so was I'll deal with that. Up. But, like, Stephon Diggs isn't like that. Like, I don't exactly. see him – like, he's good, but, like, when he's not good, you know he's not doing good. Like, it's – you're – just because he, like – he, when he doesn't have good stats, like, he's he's just pissed. And then they have to feed him the ball, and it just doesn't work. Like, you can't have a player like that. And LaFleur turned this culture around in the last month – or, like, the last 12 months. Like, let's yeah. not screw it up and bring a, you know, a cancerous person into the locker room. Yeah, and it's hard because, like, I look at the receivers and free, uh, free agency-wise who's available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yep. I think I said it last time, my probably – too far of a stretch wish would be Amari Cooper. Like, if we could have one player, mm-hmm. who I would want. And I think oh, I also man. brought up A.J. Green at one point, but now he's franchise tag, so he's kind of off the table yep. for me. But he's somebody hey. who – Cooper, I mean, I thought – I didn't think Cooper would stand a chance. Like, he – that might work. $11 million, They might be able to sign him for $11 million. Like, I – You never know. I don't know. That it's, would be like – that said, would be wild. Our, yeah, it would be – that would be my one – uh, if I got a free agency wish and we could have anybody that I wanted, Dang. that's who I would want. Like, can you imagine that's a good one. I, him and Adams getting the ball from no, Rodgers and then you got Aaron Jones? Oh, it'd be lethal. It'd be great. But I love it. Know, those are just my wishful thinkings as I sit here and that, miss sports for the next few months. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna. That's but what I'm hoping it, for. I'm gonna go with the Really Cooper. good receiver draft. So it's like. Don't know exactly. what do left with free agency. They already got a linebacker, which is kind of one of the things, obviously, we've said plenty of times mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they were going to target. And then we kind of just briefly touched on tight ends, and you kind of just wonder. I remember, yes, I'm going to go back all the way to one of our kind of first episodes or when I think we were talking about how Rogers' numbers when Jordy got hurt he really mm-hmm. focused on the tight ends. Richard Rodgers was his number one target. So yep. it's kind of just wondering, well, now that LaFleur is running this offense, would Rodgers still prefer the tight end target? And are these tight ends going to be able to produce if that's kind of who he still favors? It's a great question. So it's just kind of one it really of those. Like- but I feel like we always end up with so many tight ends. Like we always sign so many new ones every year. Yeah. It's just like we have an abundance of tight ends. So part of me feels like this crew that we have is something we could run with. But it I just yeah, I like I like Sternberger. I think he's versatile. And Tanyan, like I think he can put up numbers, but I just maybe, maybe it'll work. I don't I know. Think, if they get another like a dynamic guy like Cooper, that could work. Yeah. And I think it it will all depend on receivers too. If you don't go out and get yeah. the big receiver you want, you might need to go get a new tight end. But Exactly. That's the thing. Like, we haven't really thought about tight ends because we're so focused on receivers, but Mm -hmm. it kind of, it's more so who's going to be the big target for Rodgers besides Adams. That's really what it's going to come down to, honestly. Like, it's really going to come down to if Devontae can, he's going to get a lot more attention this year, I think. He had a really big year last year to statistically, excuse me. And I just felt like um, the publicity around him was a little bit more than it had been in the past. Like people were recognizing him for his footwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Johnson had like a, a bromance with him. So <laughs> anytime you're on Chad Johnson's radar on Twitter, like that's a that's a huge following. So I just think overall the the public perception of him is going to be a little stronger. So they got to have someone to compliment him. But that's where things are right now for free agency. Uh, Do you like have any said, wishful this- thinking with free agency? Like 
I, I like Delaney Walker. I think that's a fun one. He's had some injuries, though, like you said, like uh, just like Christian Kirksey, where it's like he's been banged up. And I just think that that would fit the offense really well. He's got continuity with LaFleur. Cooper would be super good. Um, defensive side of the ball, I want to see them go get a defensive lineman still. Um, Dan, Dan and I, who – you know, do the podcast. You know him. You've met him before. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we started this thing where we're simming the 2019 season, and, like adding certain players on Madden, calling it uh, Run It Pack. Oh, and that. yeah, so Michael Pierce, we tried him out on the team. He was pretty good. Like that's someone who I think they would be able to go after. I don't know what he's going to get uh, as far as like obviously. His market value and stuff. I'm pulling it up right now on Spot Rack. He only got he only paid was paid three million dollars last year. Um, this year I can't pull it up, but I think I mean he's probably gonna get in the range. I mean, defensive linemen have been getting paid a little bit this year already. Uh, I had if I had to guess, I would say he's gonna get around like seven million, eight million is my what I have to think. And I don't think he's coming back to the Ravens because the Ravens have been making moves. They signed Calais Campbell, so. If I had like Michael Pierce, I want a big dude in the middle that can be dynamic with Kenny Clark. And if it's Dean Lowry as the third option or a subbed in Rayshon Gary or, you know, hybrid two down lineman packages and you have Zadarius Smith off the edge, cool. But I think they just needed to get another big guy. So um, Michael Pierce is my like rational football mentality. And like I'm playing Madden and trying to sling it around with Aaron Rodgers as much as possible, it's Amari Cooper or Delaney Walker, and I'll probably lean towards, eh, I'll probably lean towards Delaney Walker just so they have a chance to get a couple of these stud receivers in the draft, because like you said, I I love them, everyone's knowing about them, so there's, there's guys I want to see them get, so that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. It's kind of crazy that we're more focused on the offense now, all of a sudden, like, I'm so used to thinking, yeah. we need defense, we need defense, we need defense, and now it's like, we need receivers, we need tight ends, we need offensive linemen. It's a good problem to have. It's a fun problem to have. It's like complete 180 spin yeah. on what we've been focusing on for so long with this team. But it's kind of nice not having to worry so much yeah. about the defense because for the first time in a long time, they're pretty solid. Yeah, and we're protecting Rodgers too. Like they're gonna, they've mm-hmm. invested now two years in a row adding pieces that they think are going to be better and give them a better chance to be on his has feet standing up, but that's what we have really for the episode today, guys. Uh, I checked my phone. There's no other real big signings as we're recording at 9.15 Central Time on Monday night. So uh, stick with us all this week. Obviously, free agency, we're only less than 24 hours into it. There's going to be a ton more coming out. That second wave like last year when the Packers uh, did their damage with the Smith Brothers and Amos, uh, we know how that worked out, so maybe there's another one in the works. My gut says it probably won't come till later in the week. If it does, I don't think it'll be tomorrow, but there'll be definitely some signings to, to come about. Uh, as Janelle mentioned, Amari Cooper's still out there. There's a ton of other guys that are going to sign within the league and, and change the, the dynamic. The, the Dolphins already dove in. They signed uh, Byron Jones today, a few other gentlemen, so... It'll be interesting. Uh, it's going to be fun. This is what we've been waiting for as, as far as uh, podcasters. We, it's, it's, we love coming up with different ideas and stuff for the last month and a half, but it's fun to really start breaking down and seeing kind of how the crystal ball breaks out. And, okay, this is who it kind of seems like they're going to target in the draft now because they signed this guy and this guy. And it's, it's cool. It's cool to connect the dots. But, um, yeah, stick with us. We just passed our 600th episode for Pack-A-Day Podcast. Uh, which is incredible. Uh, but, you know, where can uh, everyone find you as far as your Packer knowledge goes? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M-A-C-K. Awesome. Uh, you can find Dan on Twitter at DK all the way. That's the letter D K all the way. Um, he would appreciate that. As he says, he tweets out stupid stuff. So follow him <laughs> for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M A T T underscore F R A underscore. Um, but that's what we have for you today. Other than that, Janelle, we end every episode with a go, go pack go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.